Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. And welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Tahiti drops out of the race to host the Pacific Games. Vanuatu's cricket is eye promotion, and we check in with one of Tonga's aspiring Winter Olympians. But first, the Fijian and Drua are just days away from their Australian National Rugby Championship debut. The newcomers are away to Brisbane City on Saturday and have set an ambitious goal of making the playoffs in their inaugural campaign. Head coach Senarusi Seratvakula has named seven Flying Fijians internationals in his squad and is backing the local players to deliver. There was some approach by overseas players. So we really want them to come and be part of the NRC. But unfortunately, some of the NRC team in Australia have signed them. And uh, some of the Fijian uh, players in New Zealand, but unfortunately, again, some of the ITM uh, Cup uh, teams have, uh, have signed them also. So I'm confident in uh, just rebuilding the locals and uh, post the, the, the exposure of these, uh, these players. And uh, all these players are just all here in Fiji in the Fiji competition. They're all locals. And how confident are you that those players are ready to make that step up and, and play uh, in this NRC and be competitive against teams that include a number of Super Rugby players and some of them will have ex-Wallabies internationals in them as well? Yeah, that's true. But uh, uh, some of these players are, have been with me for the past three years as a coach of the Warriors. And uh, so we've been doing travelling also, playing in uh, overseas and playing here in the PRC. Yeah, I just have to believe my players, and uh, you know, impossible is nothing. Doesn't matter. We're playing against super rugby players. Uh, we just have to be very smart and have confidence in going into this tournament. And so, this is kind of the next step, really, isn't it? You've got Fiji under 20s. You've got Fiji Warriors, the the best of the locals. Some of them, obviously, aspire or have been a part of the Flying Fijians, and and now to be part of a you know, semi-professional competition and and obviously look to take it from there. So a, a lot of the squad have been together, played together over the years, and this is just that next step. Yes, yes. Uh, it, it's a huge step. A lot of these guys, they come from the pathway from the Fiji Senior School to the under-20s, like you said, and to the Warriors. And uh, they've been uh, in the system. Uh, there we have uh, uh, 10 players who uh, already played for the Flying Fijians. And they already played uh, test rugby in this NRC uh, team. So it's, it's, it's a huge uh, thing for Fiji, especially, uh, to be included in the NRC, which takes more than uh, eight weeks competition. So this is the first time a national team in Fiji going to a, a long period in the competition. So it's a great exposure for the local uh, guys here, basically, in Fiji. And it boasts also the competition, uh, the local competition in Fiji. So it, it was tough uh, selecting the extended squad and then cutting down the numbers. And the guys just putting their hands up, they're, they're really keen to play in this competition. And uh, what do you know about your opponents? Obviously Brisbane City first, uh, and then I think you're away to Melbourne, and, and then you've got two games at home in Singatoka and, uh, and, and 
Suva. Especially uh, our first game is uh, Brisbane City. We've been uh, reviewing the games uh, from last year, but we know we understand that it's going to be a different year again. They love to play hard on the forwards and uh, they keep everything closed in uh, within the forwards. And uh, I think we've done our part in uh, reviewing all that and uh, we just uh, have the right attitude and the, the confidence in going there and play and try and put our mark. That's what we want to do on this first round, to put our mark against the Brisbane City and Melbourne Rising. And do you have sort of something in the back of your mind, what would be an acceptable finish in, in the whole tournament? Are you guys, you know, are you just trying to get that first win? Are you, you know, the classic line? Are you just taking it one game at a time? Or do you believe you can make the top half or make the playoffs? Or? Well, the confidence is there that we want, to, we want to make the finals. We want to make the finals. But as a coach, we will uh, we'll take one step at a time, one game at a time, and then uh, review, reviewing our, our, our what went wrong, and then do the walk on from there. But the confidence and the and the talk in the team that we really want to make to the top four and uh, be recognised in this uh, first time in this uh, competition. That's the Fiji Andrua head coach Sinarusi Siravakula. Samoa and Guam will duel it out to host the 2019 Pacific Games after a lack of government support ruled Tahiti out of contention. The Pacific Games Council has visited Samoa and Guam in the past fortnight to evaluate their bids, but said with no government support forthcoming in Tahiti, their initial expression of interest cannot be evaluated further. The president of the Tahiti Olympic Committee, Tauhiti Nana, says they're trying to persuade the government to reconsider their decision to no avail. For the Olympic Committee and all the Federation of Sports, they would like to support the Games, but we wait for the decision of and of the government, but the government don't want to support, so we have to approve that. Did you end up having a meeting with the government to discuss that matter, or did they actually not agree to a meeting either? We wait. We wait for a meeting because they decide on July don't don't support, and we ask them to to receive the the, the federation of sports to explain them that we could organize, and we think that it's a good idea to organize the, the games. But we wait for the meeting, and they don't want to to receive, and they don't want to support. So that's it's okay. So we have to, to approve this decision of the government. Yes, and and now the Pacific Games Council has travelled to Samoa and evaluated their bid, and they have last week travelled to Guam to evaluate their bid, and and those are the two countries uh, in, in in the running for 2019. Um, you know, who do you think would be the best host now that you're out of the running? Not preference. Uh, it's good for Guam and American Samoa that the government they support them. For Tahiti, we I think it's good for Samoa or Guam. It depends the cancel, Pacific cancel for for Tahiti. We support these two teams, these two uh, countries. I suppose after what happened with uh, Tonga earlier this year, um, and there's obviously a, a lot happening in Tonga right now with the government. Um, uh, it does show that you need that government support, don't you? That is so important for a Pacific Games bid to have the um, unequivocal, strong backing of the government. Yes, for the government, uh, I don't want to to talk about the, the government, so that's the decision. And but good for the Pacific Games that uh, Guam and and American Samoa would like to organize the, the games, and our government support them. That's a good idea for Tonga. Uh, we run for 2019. If 
five years ago, the government was support uh, Tahiri and Tonga win, but now they cannot organize, so it's too much, but it's like that. Uh. For Tahiri, now we have to approve the decision of the government. The government said back in July, as you mentioned, that uh, the, the time frame, only two years to 2019, um, you know, was a big challenge. So 2023 in Solomon Islands, um, do, do you think obviously a long way into the future now, but would is there still a desire to host perhaps 2027? Yes, for 2027, for, for me, uh, it depends the government. But uh, for Tahiri, I hope we could organize the, the games on 2027. But it depends the government. It depends the government, but it depends to the, the, all the Olympic Committee because I know for 2027, Fiji was running too for the bid. So it's not easy. For me, I think if, if the government support for 2019, it's a good idea. And we could we could organize. We have everything, but uh, for 2027, we we have time to to look for. That's the president of Tahiti's Olympic Committee, Tauhiti Nana. Vanuatu was hoping to get an early jump on their competitors in World Cricket League Five. The Melanesians finished fourth in Division Five last year after being a late call-up to the competition and earned another shot at promotion after winning the East Asia-Pacific Regional Qualifying Tournament in February. Eight teams are competing for two promotion places in Benoni, South Africa, with Vanuatu up against Jersey, Ghana and Germany in pool play once the tournament gets underway at the weekend. Head coach Shane Dietz says the team have travelled over early to try and help them acclimatise. Pretty cold when we got here, um, down to about two or three degrees at night. So it's been uh, pretty cold for the boys to get used to, but uh, the days are sunny and you know, low 20, so that's not too bad. We had to go rush out and buy some gloves and beanies and things uh, on the way over here in Australia to make sure you know, we catered for the extra cold weather at night. But uh, yeah, it's a bit different altitude, uh, getting used to that, getting used to the conditions. So cold mornings and warm days at the moment. Uh, we've been in the nets for... Four days now, we play Easton's first-class team tomorrow in a practice match, so that'll be a really good test of uh, where we're at. Most of these events are typically held in the country of one of the competitors. Obviously, you're in South Africa, and obviously they're a little bit above this level, so um, does does that sort of even things out on some level in terms of uh, local knowledge about conditions, or you've got Ghana from Africa? Is, are these conditions that most teams would be familiar with? Or Yeah, well, Ghana played their um, African qualifier on these grounds a few months ago, so they probably had the, the best chance to have a look at the conditions, but it is, yeah, it's a neutral venue, so... I think we're all pretty new to be coming over this part of the world to play a tournament like this. So, yeah, probably evens it out a little bit. So we're going to get used to it as quick as we can. That's why we're here you know, 10 days in advance to hopefully get a bit of an advantage over the opposition teams and get used to conditions early. How close are you to one of the main centres? Well, how big is Benoni uh, in my ignorance? Yeah, Benoni's about half an hour from Johannesburg. Uh, the airport's about 25 minutes away, Johannesburg Airport. So we're not too far away. It's a nice little town. There's a big shopping mall across the road from our hotel, so that's kept the kept the boys amused over the last week. And uh, so you've got that warm-up match uh, tomorrow against Easton's. Um, obviously, you were in uh, Cricket League 5 last year. You guys were a late call-up for that one, uh, and you finished uh, fourth. What did you learn from that experience? Yeah, that was a, a, my first time as coach at that uh, tournament, so it was a good eye-opener for me where the other teams are at and where we're at. 
Um, you know, most of the guys was only their second or third trip away. And I think, you know, we've matured a lot as a team over the last year. We got to play the regional qualifier in February in Bendigo, Australia, and that was a really good sort of warm-up for this. We played good cricket there and a lot better than we'd played in the past. So our expectations are a bit higher this time. I think it'll be a pretty tough tournament. The European teams have got some good players. A few guys have played a bit of county cricket this year. So that'll be a good test. Uh, but we're up for it and we're looking forward to it. Yeah, last time there were six teams. This time it's eight. Uh, Jersey and, and, and Guernsey are back. But uh, everybody else, compared to who you played last year, are you know new to this Division uh, 5 tournament. So I guess there's a few new faces. I mean, how, how well do you know some of the opposition? Uh, we played the Cayman Islands two years ago in Division 6. Uh, and they were pretty good. So I was really impressed with a couple of their players. So they'll be dangerous. And Italy are coming down from Division 4. Uh, they just got relegated last year in that Division 4 tournament. They got a few an Australian player who played a, in a big bash team a few years ago and a South African that plays a decent level. So they'll be obviously pretty good as well. Yeah, and Qatar have got some ex-Pakistan first-class players. So they're an un- unknown quantity. So yeah, we just got to really concentrate in our game and do what we do well. And the results will take care of themselves. Yeah, and I suppose Jersey first up. Uh, did you have a couple of games against Jersey last year? Oh, no, you had just the one against Jersey last year, two against Guernsey. So uh, two against Guernsey, I, yeah. I, I guess that's going to be a pretty good barometer, isn't it, in terms of what sort of progress you've made? Yeah, Jersey obviously won the tournament last year on their home ground, which really suited the way they play cricket. And they went up to Division 4 like they have in the past and come back down like they have in the past. So hopefully they don't travel too well away from home and we can get them first game and get them bit cold and just off the plane and hopefully knock them over early and we'll uh, get a first win. Yeah, and, and you mentioned that your players now have a couple of these sort of tournaments under their belt that are a bit more experienced. Uh, so, you know, what what sort of expectations, what sort of hopes do you have for, for your team? Yeah, that's true. We've got a, a few older players who've been around for a while who sort of did all the batting and bowling in the past, but now the, the younger guys who are in their early 20s, have had those three or four tournaments now, so they're really stepping up and taking on major roles in the team and should be you know, contributing contributing with bat and ball a lot more in the past and not relying on a couple of senior players. So we're really excited about that. And, yeah, these tournaments are over in a flash and a blink of an eye, really. So you just got to get some good momentum early and then you can really have a great tournament. So that's what we're trying to do. And that starts with tomorrow, our practice match have a good outing there and a good week in at training and hopefully hit the first game you know, ready to go. It's the Vanuatu cricket coach, Shane Dietz. A Tongan taekwondo athlete turned skier who made global headlines carrying the flag at the Rio Olympics is fully focused on his bid to qualify for the Winter Games. Peter Telfa-Tafua has high hopes to qualify as a skier at February's global sports event in South Korea. He told Sarah Voitala too that Pacific people have the potential to do well in different sports and says not to let a lack of funds or the environment stop them from being number one. I was a taekwondo athlete and I still am a taekwondo athlete, but um, yeah, now I do both. That's cool. Which one is better? Uh, one's warmer, one's warmer, one's colder. The, the apples and oranges. Um, I enjoy both. You know, I've been a taekwondo fighter my whole life. Um, you know, I can never turn my back on Taekwondo. It's once it's in the blood, it's not going anywhere. Do you, do you find what do you find different about skiing in relation to your island background? E- absolutely everything. I mean, it's cold. It's um, you know the weather's like completely different. 
Um, even the whole the whole ski process, you know, the the athletic part of it as well. You know, you're using different muscles, you're using muscles you never knew that you had before. But I, I, I enjoy them both. They're both challenging in different ways. What can you say to inspire youth around trying different disciplines for sports? Um, well, especially for the you know the Pacific youth, um, it's one of the biggest things for me is to encourage them and inspire them to reach out further than they're currently reaching out. You know, we're you know as I said in the previous interviews, we're self-limiting to some extent. Yet we have the the largest amount of natural talent I believe in the world, and that should be expressed on every stage. That should be expressed on every podium all around the world. Um, so what what I'm saying to them is that believe that you can, you know, because you absolutely can. Any of them can. Any of these Pacific Island, any of these young kids who are looking up, thinking, I want to do that, but maybe I can't because of this, this, and this. If there's any man or or woman in human history that's done something, you also can do that. I think it's money too, eh? It's expensive. Uh, all sports are expensive. Skiing's, uh, skiing is uh, ten times more expensive than taekwondo. Taekwondo was very expensive. I had in my whole career, I had one one plane flight paid for me in 20 years and I still made the Olympics so I think if we start thinking you know I know it's a challenge but if we start thinking thinking of it purely from a I can't do it because of this or because of money then we're not even going to get out there and and try and so we've already defeated ourselves before we've even given it a shot but like I said if any man or woman in history has done it or can do it then any of us can do it money or no money what kind of discipline does it take to be a good skier? Um, the, we get up early. Uh, we get up early, we run. Um, when you're not skiing, you're roller skiing. Uh, so basically it's like roller blades and you're just like powering along. The, the discipline, it's quite hard because you have that, you have that thing of it's too cold. You know, with, with summer sports you can get up and you don't have that barrier. But with winter sports, it's, you look outside, you can't see anything. It's cold, it's freezing, you've got to put on 10, 10 layers of different things. And then you've got to go and breathe this air for 20, 30, 40 kilometer sessions. Um, so that's, that's a big challenge. That's a big challenge. Great. So what's next for you? Yeah, so I fly across to Brisbane. Um, I fly across to Brisbane and I'm back in New Zealand. And so the, the next six months, the goal is to try and qualify for the Winter Olympics. And it's, you know, we had what uh, I think CNN and all those other ones telling, her, telling us it's, you know, quite possibly an impossible task. And, um, you know, for us, we're Pacific Islanders. That just says, all that says is try a little bit harder and you'll make it. That's Peter Tafua speaking with Sarah Voitalatu. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. Thank you very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.